0: Email is dead. Long live
1: email! Dearly beloved, we have gathered together once again today to pay our respects to email. My name is Andrea Bridges Smith, and I'll be helping you pick out email's headstone today. So today is our special Halloween-themed episode where we'll be talking about the ghosts of email past, present, and future. I'll also be addressing some important Halloween-related questions that have come in, so let's start with that. Question number one, aren't all of your podcast episodes Halloween-themed? Yeah, that's a valid point. Question number two, is it ever okay to use the word spooktacular in my Halloween-themed email campaigns? Absolutely not. Under no circumstances should you ever, ever do this. To everyone in the marketing and advertising industry, Spooktacular had a good run. It was cute the first billion or so times you used it, but now it's tired and it just wants to sit on the back porch with a hot cup of chamomile tea and watch the sunset. Stop trotting it out every time October rolls around. I'll even give you some alternatives to work with. Let's see, there's Graverific, tarantulational, and Skeletastic. Those are all free for you to use. Have fun with the spell check on those. Now, before we get too much further into the episode, I want to remind you that this podcast is brought to you by PostUp. Right now, PostUp is offering a free checkup of your email program. Our experts will analyze how your program is doing and tell you where you should focus in 2017 so you can show up to that planning meeting with a binder full of good ideas. Visit postup.com slash email checkup to learn more. Now let's get into our exploration of the ghosts of email past, present, and future. So about 20 years ago, a guy named Joshua Baer started an email company called Skylist in his dorm room at Carnegie Mellon. That company is now, after a few name changes along the way, called PostUp. Joshua Baer has been involved with email ever since, founding and heading up email companies, and now he's on our board, so he's got a front row seat to whatever email is going to do next. And in fact, he likes starting companies so much that he now heads up the Capital Factory, a tech incubator here in Austin that helps other entrepreneurs get their companies started. So without further ado, let's talk about where email has been, where it is now, and where it's headed with Joshua Baer. All right, so Josh, thanks for uh, taking the time to meet with me today. I really appreciate it.
0: Glad to be here. Uh,
1: so, Josh, you are the founder and executive director for Capital Factory here in Austin. Uh, can you tell the good people out there what Capital Factory is all about?
0: Sure. Well, Capital Factory is the center of gravity for entrepreneurs here in Austin. Uh, Austin's one of the top startup hubs in the country and one of the fastest growing cities. And because of that, uh, we just have all this incredible entrepreneurial en- energy here, which we all bring together here at Capital Factory right in the center center of downtown Austin. We've got about 55,000 square feet where about a thousand different entrepreneurs work every day. uh, And we host all kinds of events every night and on the weekends where about 50,000 people a year come through for all those events. uh, And they're all helping each other and teaching each other things and learning about how to start businesses. And then we have a mentor network of about 150 local CEOs and executives who all come in and pay it forward uh, to help other first-time entrepreneurs get started. And they also are kind of our secret sauce in helping to figure out who the best companies are so that we can invest in those and then help them grow and be more successful. And at the end of it all, what we really do for these companies is help introduce them to their first investors, their first customers, and their first employees.
1: Okay, great. And you, of course, are no stranger to starting businesses because uh, you've been doing that for 20 years. Uh, you started uh, what used to be Skylist and what is now PostUp uh, in your dorm room at Carnegie Mellon 20 years ago.
0: I did. Yeah, hard to believe it was that long. But
1: <laughs> I won't ask you how old you are now. <laughs> uh, so the reason I wanted to talk to you today is because you've been in the email industry for the past 20 years, uh, you started Skylist, of course. You spent a lot of time in the industry. Uh, you're now on the board for PostUp. And so you have a pretty good idea of where email has been and where it's going. Is that pretty fair to say?
0: I guess I, I, I've certainly got some perspective. Okay. Yeah.
1: I'm just trying to establish your email streak.
0: Yeah, right well, now, so, it, 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 so my, my biggest claim is uh, the, the license plate in my car still says email, actually. Nice. <laughs>
1: Oh, we might have to get a picture of that. Okay. <laughs> so I thought with all this experience and perspective that you have, that we could do kind of a ghost of email, past, present, and future kind of a jam. Uh, and you can feel free to bust out your Jimmy Stewart impression whenever you're ready. So sound good? Awesome. All right. Uh, so first of all, take me back to 1996 when you're in that dorm room and you're starting Skylist. What did the email industry look like back then?
0: You know, there was no email industry back then, actually. Um, in 1996, <laughs> It wasn't out, what we started. It, there, was no, there was no such thing as email marketing. Right. There was no such thing as spam. And what we did with email was either most people, if you talked about email, which actually still might be true today, they thought you were talking about hosting email accounts, oh, like okay. inboxes. In you know, like we're running corporate mail servers with Exchange or something like that. Right. Uh, but if you weren't doing that, then what email was about was actually mostly discussion forums. So groups hmm. where people were having email lists and things like that, and there okay. were. A bunch of free software packages out there to go do that. Yeah. So if you wanted to run one of those, you had to have an IT department or be really geeky to be able to go set up a server. There was no such thing as SaaS or things hosted on the web right. back then. <laughs> so like if you wanted to do something, you couldn't go to a website and like sign up for it. Yeah. You had to go to a your computer and like download stuff and read manuals and install it and it was much much harder right. um, and so, uh, so back then we were just basically one of the first companies to take these software packages designed to go run these email lists, these email servers and put them on a server that was on the internet all the time and then charge people a monthly fee to go Use them, but at first it was really about it was it was like it was and it was a very small business. I started this when I was in my dorm room, right. So right. if I was making five thousand dollars a month, that was awesome beer money, right? It was Yeah. Great. Um, <laughs> but uh but it was but at the beginning it was companies that had usually lists of their customers or communities like uh, around different topics or things like that and some business would pay 25 50 100 bucks a month to rent this email list and run it for their customers okay uh, and that was the beginning and then it was amazing then in yeah, when was it it was really kind of i think around 2000, 2001. Mm-hmm. And it was somewhat coinciding with the dot com crash that happened in 2000, and as kind of coming out of that, that's when email marketing really started to bloom, and e commerce was just starting. So it's right. like, like oh, like I have 5,000 people that have bought stuff from me. I can send them an email tomorrow and tell right. them about more stuff they can buy from me. Right? Um, or like, <laughs> uh, you know, like, and, and that was like a novel idea. I remember one of our first big customers was. Uh, was a search site called called Look Smart and and they had about 400,000 subscribers and that was a massive email list back then (laughs) which for most email people in the email marketing business that would not necessarily be a massive email list right now. It's still big but but that and I just and I remember hitting send the first time on that email just like worried like what was gonna happen I can (laughs) not believe I'm gonna send this What and it totally actually did screw up and it sent it like 12 times to 400,000 people that was the the first big email we sent. (laughs) We've all Um, been there. and, uh, And so that was Uh, you know, that was that was like kind of like the early days and it wasn't they weren't even like really selling stuff they just had really started to get you know, a big list that was more like a push announcement list kind of thing and then in 2001 was the onslaught of like, oh everybody realizing they they want to go send email marketing
1: Right, and then Spam. Yeah, and then spam.
0: But there was a good five years of this kind of like slow buildup of uh, you know, and, and I could do that because I was in college, so like you know, my rent was paid for. I was running it on the computer that my parents bought me. I was plugged into the school's internet connection that I right. wasn't paying for. Um, <laughs> so I, you know, for to get the first couple thousand dollars a month, like you know, that could take a year or two. And then um, and then I started to get a little bit more serious. And by the time I graduated, it was a small business. You know, I was doing a couple hundred thousand dollars a month in revenue, enough that I didn't have to go take a job or do something else, and I could support myself. And then it really started to grow.
1: Yeah. And 20 years later, it's a business that's uh, changed a lot, but it's still around. So, you know, not bad for a college student. <laughs> yeah.
0: It's amazing. 20 years later. You know, so another thing about perspective on time. So when I was in 1998, which was two years after I got started doing this and I was working with these email lists a lot, um, I was part of basically there, there was an email list for people who run email lists. <laughs> Which I ran. That was a very convenient thing, thing to run. Yeah, right, exactly. So it was all the geeks. You know, we called Actually, they were called list moms back then. That was like the, <laughs> the geeky nomenclature of the early internet type stuff. Um, but we the list mom was like the person responsible for corralling everybody on the list to keep them right. from flaming each other and things like that. Right. And again, most of these were discussion lists. They weren't actually one-way lists. They were people all posting stuff to each other. And a huge problem was that people would sign up for this list and then they wouldn't know how to get off the list. Oh. And, um, and so And then if it was an active list, it might have a couple thousand people on it and people who were really into it, they were using it all day and it was their community and they took it really seriously and like if some person got on and didn't know the rules or didn't know what to do, they'd get really mad. Um, And so someone would get on and they'd get on and suddenly they'd get 50 emails that day and they'd be like, oh my God, this is terrible. Like they'd write back and they'd be like, get me off this list. And that would go out to everybody, which would just incense the whole group who'd write back calling them profane names and like, you know, just telling them what an idiot they are and why didn't they read the directions and you know, like all these other (laughs) things. Um, And so we came up with this idea that like every email. has to tell you how to get off it. Yes. Because otherwise, it's just going to be, you know, it's just caused these huge problems and all this angst. And so um, that was my first introduction to the standards process. Me and another guy named Grant Newfeld helped create the list unsubscribe header, which uh, there are a bunch of headers, actually, but that was the most useful one, um, which basically just made sure that there was a header that said, here's how to get off this list, either an email link or a web link. Yeah. So we got that passed. But there was no such thing as spam. Like, that was just for getting off these discussion forums. And then, like, a couple years later, like, spam came out, and suddenly, it was a lot more useful yeah. <laughs> uh, to have a link in there to how to get off of everything after the CANSPAM Act passed. But the interesting thing was, you know, we did that in 1998. It was about 10 years later in, um, I think, around 2008 that Hotmail was the first major email provider to actually put an unsubscribe link in there. We yeah. had written the spec and everybody was sending the unsubscribe headers and had been for years. And there were a few, like, you know, third-party tools, but nobody big had really done it. Um, so it took about 10 years to actually get that adopted and then just last week I noticed that actually apparently Apple now put it in Apple Mail and there's an unsubscribe link that shows up in Apple Mail and I was like oh it only took 20 years
1: (laughs) so we've come so far but have we really (laughs) right
0: we now have unsubscribe links yay Great.
1: (laughs) so let's teleport back into the present day and talk about where the industry is right now so what do you think the email industry is doing a good job with right now
0: I think email and fraud is mostly solved, and yeah, and I think ten years ago there was some. I was skeptical that it would ever be solved. It was like, oh, we can never solve this problem. It's always going to be uh, an issue, and you know, it's not like perfect, but like it's not a big problem for me. I don't get a lot of spam. I don't feel like I miss a lot of email. Yeah, um, I don't feel like I'm getting fish. I used to get a lot more phishing attack kind of things that were sketchy emails. I feel like I don't get many sketchy emails. Like just. Yeah. Seems to work pretty well. Um, and, fewer Nigerian
1: uh, princes are Nigerian interested princes. in you.
0: <laughs> so, uh, so, yeah, so I feel like that's, you know, that's working well. And I think, um, I think you know, we reached a good balance, um, really pro- probably mostly led by Gmail, of putting the right incentives in place for mailers to send the right kinds of emails. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Priority Inbox helped with that. I think, you know, having signals around not just how many people open stuff or how many people click this as spam but really tracking engagement do people reply to emails do they move them themselves um, and using that to feed all, all the different systems has made it so that it's not just economical to send more emails send more email right and it used to be unfortunately you know that was the big part of the problem was the best business decision was just send it again you know like, yeah. <laughs> send more you know like send twice as much and you'll make more money yeah um, I feel like we've gotten a better balance there I'm sure there's lots of senders who don't feel like it's fair and wish it was different but I I think it seems to have reached a pretty happy medium. And as a user, I feel like I get most of the emails I want and I don't get most of the emails I don't.
1: Yeah, I think one of the the cool things about right now is it seems like the email newsletter is sort of having a renaissance right now, you know, with things like uh, The Skim and Lenny and The Hustle and newsletters like that. It's coming back. People are getting excited about it again. And so that's why it kind of frustrates me every time I see another article for the umpteenth time declaring email dead because it's like, check your inbox. How many things are in there? shut up. It's obviously not dead. There's plenty of it. It's going to be fine. So is there anything that you think that the email industry is not doing so great right now? Anything that we need to kind of pivot and address about the whole email marketing experience?
0: You know, I'm still kind of amazed that emails still look pretty much exactly the same as they did 20 years ago. Like They're a
1: little prettier. There's more little, images. we got, like,
0: style sheets are working yeah. a little better. Yeah. But it seems to me that there's some fundamental assumptions about email and about security mm-hmm. that have made it that when you click on an, an email, it's treated very differently than when you click on a web page. Yes. And so the security, you know, it's like, you know, can't run JavaScript, can't do it. Like, why can't we do all that stuff? Like, right. I think <laughs> we figured it out. I think all those security things are pretty much, you know, addressed at this point. Part of the idea is that they've pushed it to you. You didn't have control over it. You got to know what you're getting. But I just, I feel like emails should be a lot more like web pages and like they they should, they really still are very hobbled. And I just don't understand why. I think we're just carrying this, this legacy from that.
1: Yeah. One of my uh, pet peeves, which anybody who listens to this podcast on a regular basis knows the fact that I can't watch a video in my email when I open up the email
0: is ludicrous.
1: It's 2016. Yeah, it. <laughs> like, it's just, its,
0: it's kind of crazy, right? You
1: know? Yeah, right. I'm glad that you agree with me on that. It's—it's it's an outrage. So let's climb back into the spaceship and head off into the future. Now it's 2036. It's either a dystopian hellscape or we fixed all the problems. It's one of those two. <laughs> Whichever it is, what do you think the email industry is going to look like in 20 years?
0: I think in the range of 10 to 20 years, the biggest change we're going to see in email is. Better and better artificial intelligence allowing Allowing us to summarize, extract meaning, prioritize, mm-hmm. uh, and just better deal with the messages that, that we get. Being able to pull something out of a kind of a needle out of a haystack at the right time yeah. that you might have missed and show it to you. Or, uh, or just pull, rather than even having you ever have to look at the, the data or the email, pulling the information out of it and putting it in the right place. And we're starting to see that now. We have examples of that. But I think that's going to dramatically improve with artificial intelligence over the next 10 years. Yeah. Uh, and, and we'll be really seeing that 20 years from now in an area that I'm really interested in right now. It's around this concept of recording and, and processing audio and video all the time. Um, actually, I don't know if you, you can't see this on the podcast, but I'm wearing a little camera oh, up, okay. on my chest here, <laughs> a little clip-on camera. Nice. I've, I've been wearing this for about a year. I was gonna start about six months, a little more than more than six months. Um, and it, it just takes a picture every 30 seconds. Huh. Um, and so I can tell you whatever I was doing at any given time or who I was talking to or where I was or what That's I was eating. kind of cool. Or whatever. <laughs> and it is, honestly, it's not that interesting in the short term. Like right now, I very rarely have I gone back and needed to go look at some picture Sure. but I do believe that even the things I'm doing now will be be really interesting to me 10, 20 years from now and I think more than that 10 or 20 years from now we won't just be taking pictures we'll be recording full audio and video all the time and everyone will be doing it and it's going to be much more accessible and processed and in a lot of ways I think email is going to go from being something that you go and type and write to email is going to become your invisible friend that's like an earring or like an earpiece or like you know a contact lens yeah. and email is a person you just talk to Right. and they remember everything Thing and they know everything and they got all the messages you got you tell it to do things or you tell it to tell someone something or you, you know, and a lot of things you would do through an email, you're going to tell this assistant to go do. Yeah. And um, I wonder, you know, will my, um, you know, I've got young children and just, you know, how much are they going to really need to type 10 years from now? I th- yeah. I think a lot less than we do. I think, you know, certain jobs you'll need to do it. Yeah. But, but a lot of jobs you won't.
1: I was going to say, I would love to put one of those cameras on my kids. and. I do that a lot of days, yeah.
0: yeah. And I have a little audio clip, too. Like, my kids were going to learn to ski, and I uh, put an audio clip on them and just recorded them learning how to ski. And I figured that will sound really cool to them 20 yeah. years from now, you know? like.
1: Yeah, exactly. That's going to be awesome. Yeah, I think, uh, you know, when I saw that that Spike Jones movie, Her...
0: Mm-hmm. Oh, exactly like that. I was like, exactly.
1: oh, yeah, this seems very plausible. <laughs> it does not seem far-fetched at all.
0: <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I really believe that's going to happen.
1: It seems very likely. So one question that I have for you about... The email industry—it seems like there's maybe sort of a cycle where there's a bunch of upstarts coming out, and then they get bought up by larger companies, and the larger companies get bigger, and then there's kind of a new crop of upstarts coming out. So, do you have any idea how long that cycle takes?
0: (laughs) (laughs) That's a great question. I've definitely seen it, and I've—I've just you know we haven't talked about that, but I've described that myself as well. I feel like you know over the past 20 years, certainly what I've seen is just an ongoing cycle of expansion and consolidation, expansion and consolidation, and. uh, you know, early in my career, it was, you know, it was like Cheetah Mail and mm-hmm. you know, Yes Mail and some of these other players, uh, you know, consolidating. And usually it seemed like at some point for a while, it was just, you know, Experian would buy it most of them. Right. <laughs> Eventually, <laughs> um, you know, if you got yeah. really big, Experian would buy you um, or maybe one of the other two big, big data players. Yeah. And then you'd get assimilated into the Borg and you'd become part of that huge machine and usually no uh, disrespect meant to them. But like most big companies, you know, things slow down. Innovation slows down. Right. And, then, you know, it's the interesting, you know, young startup or the team that spins out of that acquisition that goes off and creates that, that next new innovation. And it seems like we've just been in that cycle. And... I don't know I'd say that's probably it's pretty short actually I think it's probably on a 5 to 7 year range which for tech companies is probably a shorter cycle cuz it yeah. just seems like there's there's been probably three or four turns yeah, around yeah. that for it me It does
1: move fast yeah <laughs> All right, cool. Well, uh, I want to thank you very much for playing the part of the ghost of email, past, present, and future today. Jimmy Stewart, thanks you. Um, For those budding entrepreneurs out there in Austin, please visit capitalfactory.com for a ton of great resources on how to make all your Series A funding dreams come true. You can also follow Josh on Twitter. He's at Joshua Bear. And yes, that is a verified Twitter account because you are fancy, sir. (laughs) Um, I also want to thank all of our wonderful listeners out there in podcast. you are all very special to us thank you for listening and finally i'd like to remind everyone to head on over to postup.com email checkup if you need a free analysis of your email program and you want to show up to that 2017 planning meeting looking prepared this is the way to go we'll be back next time to see if email marketing has finally cried uncle and we hope you'll join us until next time email marketers keep on rocking in the inbox because email's not quite dead just yet